Welcome to the Loyal Locals Podcast. My name is Jerry Jimenez. How y'all doing? Welcome. Uh, it's been a little while, but guess what? We're managing to keep it consistent. Steve, what's going on, man? How much are you doing? Hanging in there, man. Hanging in there. Happy January. Happy times. Yeah, right? Drew, what's, what, are you, what, are you, what is that? What are you drinking? Oh, I, I'm just going to drink Black Tuesday by myself. Um, from experience and actually recent experience, you probably don't want to do that. Do not do that, Drew. Uh, do it, Drew. We're gonna do it. We're doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, oh Steve, what are you drinking? Swami. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I I kind of drank all the beer that was in my fridge, and I have an Almanac <laughs> beer that's a barrel aged, uh, like sour, and it, it's it's actually. Pretty cool because it's all the loyal colors. I don't know if you can see that. Ooh, yeah. Beautiful. It's called Sunshine and Opportunity. Uh, but I am excited. I'm going to pop this open real quick. All right. So you guys know how we do around here. We just we like to drink beers and talk some food. So we have a very special guest with us today. I do not want to uh, waste any more time because I'm super excited to have this gentleman here with us today. He's a San Diego native. He joined San Diego Loyal. Prior to the inaugural season, he's been working for two decades in San Diego, uh, San Diego State University's goalkeeper trainer and uh, an associate head coach. Uh, he has coached youth soccer in San Diego community for over 20 years and is currently the director of coaches of Vista Storm. Uh, this man has a lot of experience in our sport, and we could not be more excited to welcome Coach Matt Hall. How are you, sir? Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so we want to get to know you a little bit more. And uh, obviously for those that are members and that have been a part of the locals for a bit, uh, you joined us for a happy hour. And uh, we got to know you there a little bit. But hopefully this is going to reach a, a slightly wider audience. And we really want people to uh, get into what is happening with uh, Loyal Select, of course. So we're going to get into that a little bit here. But I, I, I would be failing if i didn't ask you sir what are you joining us today with what beverage of choice it's stone my, uh, this is my go-to whenever whenever i have a long day this is this is where i end up stone delicious delicious ipa uh we still try we're still we're still trying to get that uh that sponsorship from stone but they haven't oh yeah, yeah we got a we got a nice tap of uh, buena vesa in the office oh man yeah is that <laughs> Is that, I think what they, yeah, it is what they had. So we did a, like a tour of the shop and, um, it was a Pete. I was like, Hey, you want some beer? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, of course. I, what kind of question yeah. is that? Uh, it's no. a great property, right? It is awesome. It is, it is so, so cool. Uh, but mostly Tom and, and, uh, and Travis, but yeah. I'll, oh yeah. I'll cop to a little bit of that. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's just get into it. Let's jump right into it. Uh, coach Hall. So. I like to start every interview, especially with somebody that I haven't really gotten too much of an opportunity to talk to. Uh, what was your first contact with the sport of soccer? What was the ah. first time that you can remember, at least, that you Dude, were introduced to the sport? That's a great question. I would say it was probably like 1983, you know, good, good year. I was a five-year-old kid growing up in Vista, California. And uh, went out and 
played uh, rec soccer at Beaumont Elementary School. Uh, you know, said, uh, anyone want to play in goal? And I was like, sure, I'll play in goal. And the rest was history. Wow. Yeah. And as, so that, if I heard correctly, you are a San Diego native, born in Yes, sir. Race. Vista, California, born and raised. I uh, graduated from Vista High School, Go Panthers. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Met my wife there, you know, like, uh, love San Diego. It's my, I, my life mission to never leave. <laughs> you, are, you are talking to a fellow resident of Vista. I live in the Shatteridge area. So I live right yeah, by, yeah, yeah. I went to Buena Vista High School. I'm not, I'm not, nice. I was going yes, to give away your house location, Steve, but he, he could probably <laughs> fall into your, your old stomping ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up on the poor part of town, the other, the other side. But uh, yeah, I mean, I love Vista. I, I grew up in Encinitas, uh, you know, more of a coast boy, but I, uh, this is where I could afford a house and I, you know, came to love yeah. the area. Um, I work great. in that, and I, I, I love it. Like my wife and I are so happy here. So, yeah, I, great, I great it. family community. They've really done a good job with like downtown Vista. Like yeah, it's, totally. it's, it's a pretty good place to live now. Yeah, totally. They've done such a good job. I like to be silly sometimes and say that North County is not part of San Diego, but I mean, obviously it is, and it's just, it's one of those things because we're like the South Bay, you know, so. You guys can make the the argument that uh, South Bay is is not San Diego. <laughs> it feels like it's, it's like Tijuana over here, but uh, still, no. That's that is great to know. So some people may not know you're actually you know San Diego yeah. native, born and raised. Seven six zero man. Oh, there you go. Oh yeah. There you go. Drew, do you have a question, sir? Uh, I was going to say, no, it's, it was definitely worth driving up to Vista now to, to Southern Orange County up there. That was yeah. going to be my quip, but you, you beat me to it. Uh, as somebody who's lived in Northern City my whole life, uh, I've always appreciated the North County, uh, even though people will throw the Northern suburbs into the North County. I think they're also, honestly, different like places. Uh, I, Jerry and, and, and myself, as well as uh, a few of our other members uh, in, in leadership, like to like kind of discuss possibly different parts of town and how they have just major differences, you know, like even North County, North city, right. It's like just totally little yeah, differences sure. that people just don't notice that it's always funny, but uh, yeah, it's the County, the County thing makes, you know, everybody tie in a little bit in terms of uh, what's going on there, but in terms of uh, kind of going from growing up as a Vista native, what kind of tied you into uh, getting into, uh, more soccer kind of from there in terms of going from, you know, a kid in Vista who just starts playing and uh, loves it, I'm sure. But but where did that scale out to become more of a coaching kind of uh, pathway, I guess, for you in terms of where you went to? Yeah. Um, you know, to be honest, coaching was never really like an objective of mine. Uh, you know, I I wanted to be a teacher. Uh, that was my that was my pathway. Uh, I played played at San Diego State and USD um, in college, and uh, you know I was getting ready for the credential program, and and the the head coach at San Diego State called me and said, "Hey, like you know I need someone to train the goalies. Would you be interested?" And I said, "Yeah, you know I was I was playing for the Flash at the time, and it worked out. So um, so I just started coaching, and and you know I guess it's just kind of the the way life works sometimes when, when you're, you know, not awful at something, you know, like you kind of gravitate towards that. And I started coaching and realized that I was pretty decent at it and, you know, started reflecting on the relationships I had with my coaches and how, and how much they meant to me um, growing up. And I just figured, you know what, like, it's just a different type of teaching. So 
I decided to go full full go on on coaching at that point. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, amazing. I mean, that's amazing. That was, um, and it'd be, you mentioned playing at USD. How how rad was that to kind of go back there? I mean, obviously we, we only had one game fans, but you know the rest of the season even was it kind of yeah. rad to come full circle. In that yeah, I mean, amazing. I mean, yeah. like I only played one year, so I played three years at state. Um, my senior year, I transferred to USD, uh, so I only got one year there. But it's it's really a special place, and uh, I had you know like my senior year, we won the WCC and. Uh, you know, it was, I think we were like 14 and three. It was really, really an unreal year. And to be able to just like step foot in that stadium again is pretty, pretty surreal. So it's yeah. pretty, pretty fun for me. So you kind of mentioned your story from like the San Diego state coaching to, to now, like, can you kind of bridge that gap for us? You know, how'd you go from, you know, a helpful college coach, coaching, you know, coaching goalkeepers to, you know, the coach of a USL championship, the goalkeeper <laughs> USL championship club. Oh man. What a story. Um, so so coaching is a fickle world, right? Um, especially San Diego State. You know, we're in the Pac-12 for, for men's soccer. So it's results-driven, um, you know, and, and ultimately going into the last year, two years ago, basically, um, we, we just we had, a, we had a couple cycles of not doing as well as we could have. And uh, they, at that point, um, made a leadership change at San Diego State. And I was the associate head coach. And... Uh, you know, I, I, I put my hat in for the job and, and had a pretty good chance at it, but ultimately, uh, they, they gave it to Ryan Hopkins, who's a, who's a really good coach. So I'm, I'm happy for San Diego state there in good hands. Um, so I was like, I was totally, you know, just totally unsure about what the future held for me. And, uh, I was out, I was at Miracosta college. Um, and I get a call from a three one Oh number and I'm like, because normally I don't answer my phone with numbers that I don't know. And I was like, all right, well, I'll, uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. So I answered the phone. <laughs> hey, uh, Matt, this is Landon Donovan. And I'm like, I literally thought it was a joke. You know, like, ha ha ha. Yeah. Right. And he's like, he's like, he's like, no, yeah. So we're, uh, we're, we're starting a, you know, a professional team in San Diego. And, and obviously I knew that and I was, you know, yeah, of course, of course. And he just started talking to me about, you know, potentially joining. And, you know, I was, I was just at a crossroads. I, I literally was super worried about what my future was going to be. And I got that call. So um, super lucky, super fortunate. And, you know, now my role is expanding with loyal and, you know, things are really fantastic. So, you know, sometimes uh, timing and a little bit of luck and now I'm, I'm coaching at a, unbelievable organization with uh, unreal players and a very bright future. So, and you hadn't met Landon before that or anything? no, no. So, like, what, was your, what was your reaction? Like meeting him and then obviously now getting to know him, like I've uh, gotten to know him the first time. So we've all, we all had those moments of like, Holy ass that's Landon. And then you, you know, yeah. through, through your like, you know, time getting to know him and spend time with him. You're just like, he's just a cool dude. Like he's just one of us, you know, like you, we deify these people, but then you get to know him. Right. And just, he's just such yeah. an incredible, genuine guy, you know, and you kind of tell that. Yeah. Story. I mean, I don't know, like just just working for for him is um, it's it's amazing. Like he's he's super considerate. Um, you know, he's very thoughtful. Uh, like there, I could tell you a hundred stories about like some of the things that he's done that has been really impressive. But my favorite one is like I, I had to miss 
a training session because my daughter was in state cup, right? My my 11-year-old daughter who's playing in state cup. And I had to miss the session. He was totally cool with it. And uh, I'm on my way home from the game. And he texts me, hey, Matt, just checking to see how your daughter did. And I was like, like right then, I was like, dude, there's just no way. Like I was just through the moon. Like that's just such a cool thing and a cool gesture. Never would have expected it from from him. And um, but that's the way he is. He's he's thoughtful and you know he's really great to work with. Yeah, that's super cool. The the thing that I um, you know from meeting him as well, like we can say it, but once you experience. Uh, what Landon Donovan is actually like uh, in person. And when you've had a couple of conversations, you get to really understand the kind of person that he is. Like, I know it. You know, the, the three of us, yeah. Drew and, and Steve and, and myself, have that that uh, privilege of, of knowing him. And so it's just like, yeah, dude, we, we get it. We know where you're coming from on that. Yeah. One really cool yeah. thing that I just realized, though, was that so you were... He just exudes empathy. So it's, it's just cool to kind of be around and kind of yeah. be around that kind of... yeah. Um, you know, soaking up of emotion and energy and, and the way he redirects it and kind of brings you into it is always just, to me, what, what's interesting, right? So Yeah, I, I just want, I wanted to uh, make a point that, uh, you know, so you were studying to be a teacher and you landed the coaching job. And then, so that happened just kind of serendipitously. You weren't really going to do that. And now that path took you, to a another path where it was like okay well now what am i going to do uh, at san diego state and then you get a call from landon donovan were you at that point like all right who's pulling my leg is you know is, is somebody like is there like a friend that's just being a jerk right now that's calling yeah me? no for sure for sure i literally was like i i just i didn't think it was real you know what i mean and then we had a real conversation you should have seen me after the call it was hilarious i had to go out to my uh this is going to sound, make me sound like a little kid. So hopefully this doesn't all <laughs> air, but um, I, I, so I run, I run Vista storm, right. The, the, the club in Vista and, you know, like I go out to the fields and I'm like on cloud nine. Cause I just got this call and such a, and I'm like walking around to the coaches and I'm like, Hey dude, look who just called me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it was, it That's was amazing. Funny. That's yeah. amazing. Well, before, before we transition off of Landon, uh, how does it feel to maybe have a higher uh, U.S. soccer coaching license than him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going I'm to be the fifth on that one. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> let's, let's transfer into – and we will talk a bit about, uh, uh, obviously, uh, are you guys calling it Team 2? Are you still calling it Team 1? Are you calling it anything specific? Uh, I have not heard anything officially on okay. that. So we'll say, uh, we'll, we'll call it a, a first team. Season two. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll call it the first team. Uh, obviously, we'll talk a little bit later about first team and maybe what uh, you're expecting coming in to the second season. But I really, really want to spend a large part of our time talking about, uh, obviously, something that you know, we are very excited about as supporters and having some youth that we can support and uh, having something like Loyal Select, which for yeah. those of you that are listening in maybe for the first time and don't know what I'm talking about, uh, San, Diego, San Diego Loyal is launching uh, a, a youth academy. It's not a full-blown academy program. Uh, Select will be a part-time program uh, that allows 
uh, players to remain with their respective club teams, all right, for training and games. So the, basically the goal of Loyal Select is to work with local clubs to help build and develop uh, a pathway, a player pathway for uh, San Diego and into professional playing, right? For what we know, San Diego is just, it's it's a hotbed for talent. It is a place where a lot of well-known players have already come out of, and there's so much talent here that is untapped. So we're very, very excited. Uh, when did this happen? Was this something that you came in already knowing was in the future plans, or was this something that was presented, you know, later on? Um, so we we talked about it from day one. Okay. Uh, obviously, I I didn't I didn't know what my role would be with it, to be honest. Um, but we, we talked about it from the start that this is something that was going to be in the pipes. And we, we really, you know, all kind of thought about what, which direction would be best as far as well, how we wanted to approach it. Um, and we, we, we all agreed on the part-time model. Um, but I think you used the word serendipity earlier, you know, like I, I, we talked about it. We, uh, you know, we all kind of formulated a plan for it. Um, and all along had no, no idea that I was going to be, you know, potential to be in charge of it. So, um, you know, the fact that they have confidence in me to, to take on this project is, is pretty, pretty amazing. So, um, but yeah, from, from the jump, we all, we all agreed that we wanted to help youth players in San Diego. Yeah. So like, yeah, on, so like on, how rad is it that you kind of get to work with Shannon? Like you guys both have connections and like deep, you know, deep roots in San Diego youth soccer here with her, with the Delmar Sharks. And then you obviously with this storm, like how rad is it that you kind of get to, to build that with her and like use your connections that you've you know earned through the years? Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing for me, it's, I just like working with good people. You know what I mean? And Shannon's amazing. Like she's, for what she's accomplished and, and who she is in the game. Like she's, she's just an amazing woman. Um, she's actually from Escondido, if you don't know that, mm -hmm. which I won't hold against her, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just just uh, you know, professionally working with with the entire staff has been just a, a really great experience, Shannon included. Yeah, I think that's a name that we didn't really hear attached initially. We kind of know in the background that Shannon McMillan was involved in kind of getting this uh, off the ground, right? And now she's going to be involved as well um, to represent uh, San Diego Loyal and something that's uh, also very, uh, very important. And we'll talk about that, you know, at some other, some other time. But uh, in, in looking at kind of how the USL Academy League, which actually I, I should probably mention, so Loyal Select is going to be a part of the USL Academy League. Um, there's two different levels that are – Within the league, it's the full-time and part-time, so we're going with the, the part-time, uh, which is kind of nice because it, it, it's basically going to be two different divisions, if I'm not mistaken. Can you maybe give us kind of a breakdown how that's going to work out with the, I guess, Southwest Division, and then there's other divisions that are being broken up, but it's two different levels. Yeah, so so that we'll all compete against each other, whether you're a full time or part time uh, academy. It's just two different models within the Southwest Division. So, um, like Phoenix Rising has like a full youth academy from from U eight to U eighteen. Um, they train probably three to four days a week. Uh, you know, so their model is different than ours. Um, but we will be playing games against Phoenix Rising. So, um, you know, some of the some of the 
leagues in the East Coast are further along with their structure. Um, so for us, being in the Southwest, we're brand new. So, you know, we're, we're kind of like sorting things out as we go, um, you know, but there are, for the most part, just it's just two, two different structures, um, but we will be playing against each other. So it's just which, whatever the club feels is best for their particular, you know, situation, and we opted for the part-time. So you're you're saying they're gonna you're gonna be playing against the other division? So like East? The no, no, no. So we'll be we'll play we'll play only in the Southwest. Southwest, okay. But within the Southwest, there are teams that have full time academies. Got it. Okay. So I just want to make sure that's that's clarified. And uh, just real quick to list them, and then we'll let Drew take the next one. But uh, Colorado Rush, El Paso Locomotive, New Mexico United, Orange County SC, Phoenix Rising FC. San Francisco Glens SC and Ventura County Fusion are all teams uh, within the Southwest Division. And uh, Oak- Oakland Roots will have one as well. Um, nice. They they just use join the USL Championship, so they'll they'll have a team as well. Sweet. Fantastic. And Glens Glens are a long time development up in San Francisco. Who have very long time. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a really cool kind of group of clubs here that are some old, some new, kind of growing up a, a, a tree which is pretty interesting so there's been fruit as i said kind of coming from different uh trees that have been planted a little longer than our tree um but but our tree is growing roots right uh not to, to not to steal from oakland but um how how quick do you think we'll start seeing some of the uh the roots take shape as well as some kind of like tree of this you know collect kind of plant and, and grow up they, they call me the king of analogies i'm sorry <laughs> yeah 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 no, I, I was laughing because uh, no one calls him the king of analogies, by the way. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, to be honest, Drew, uh, your guess is as good as mine. Um, you know, like the 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 cool thing, you know, and, and the the you know for us, the mission is is just to be in line with the first team, and that's you know one of the reasons why they wanted me to to be in charge of it was that the the youth organization is in line with what the, the first team is doing and not just playing style, but just culturally as well. Um, you know, so, so there's going to be, you know, a lot of cultural conversations, a lot of information about, you know, how to act, how to be as a, as a human being um, as well as soccer. So, you know, I, I think there, there's going to be, uh, you know, a, a really awesome culture. Um, but to be honest, like soccer wise, I have no idea. Like no one really knows like what the competition is going to be like. No one knows. So, um, so that's going to be a really like interesting expedition. Trying what, to, what about recruiting players? I guess so. Like bringing in play. Do we have players on a list yet? Are we there? Yeah. Like, what so stage of starting like yeah. 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 Absolutely. So we COVID's obviously <laughs> been uh, a bit of an impediment to us, right? Um, so we, it's hard for us to just go out and like recruit players and, and look at games and things like that. Um, so like we're, we're going to some training sessions. We're talking to our networks, um, you know, and, and we've had probably about 40 to 45 players out um, in the months of December and January um, to train and to evaluate. Uh, we've called them player combines. Um, and then we're having one more uh, in February. So we've, we've got one more combine coming up. Uh, and then after that February combine, you know, we'll basically select our final roster. Oh, fantastic. Oh, fantastic. So you're obviously 
going to have your hands full. It looks like you're going to be overseeing technical staff, local club relations, the scouting, yeah. which we just discussed now. Um, and then, you know, when talking about the technical staff and building, uh, not just that, but obviously also the, the players and how those are going to be selected. Um, have you guys looked into, uh, obviously, the culture is a big part of it, but also uh, cultural background and bringing in some of the youth that, uh, you know, maybe is being overlooked. Like, how are you guys judging uh, that while players are being uh, selected? The scouting process, right. uh, how, yeah, yeah, how yeah, that's going to go. Course. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the reality is San Diego is a very large soccer community, right? So it's nearly impossible for us to know about everyone. We are really trying to spread the word that if, if people know of special players that deserve this opportunity, because, um, you know, it's, it's going to be something that, you know, is going to be zero to very little cost for players. Um, so we're, we're just trying to spread the word that if, if there's players out there that we need to see that we need to know about it. So um, I've done a couple, you know, interviews and, you, you know, we're just trying to get the word out that, you know, please like just send us information. So I've been getting a ton of emails. Um, luckily for me, you know, I, I've been in the youth game here for 20 years. So my, my network is, is pretty decent, you know, so I've been talking to a ton of directors of coaches, um, you know, at, at some of the marquee clubs that you know about, but also a lot of the smaller clubs too. Um, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I, but the more help I can get, the better, you know? So if there's players out there that deserve this opportunity, I'd love to know about it. Yeah. And, um, on our, so on our last podcast, we just started trying to introduce loyal select and all that stuff. And something that kind of came back to me during while we were recording was, um, there was a picture that came out last year that Evan Rotundo started training with you guys you know, yeah. season, and now he's, you know, overseas at, at, at Schalke and, and, you know, seemingly doing well by you know the twitter reports and stuff like that can you talk about how that kind of came about you know how he got into of course you know that was a great experience um you know so the 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 it came about really because under under the pro umbrella we were afforded certain rights that a lot of a lot of soccer clubs weren't provided during the quarantine so to speak um, so, you know, we had the opportunity at that point to have him out when he, you know, they, they were completely dormant at that point and they weren't training. So, um, you know, we, we decided that since we were going to be starting up that we'd bring a few youth players out and he was one of them. There was, there was a group of like three or four youth players that, that came out and trained with us during that very, very interesting quarantine. We were training in like a ranch in Encinitas and in some uh, backyard in, uh, in uh, yeah, dude, it was the weirdest couple months. Uh, so yeah, just yeah, to kind of all- to cover the, the, the scouting process that you had mentioned, um, and then we'll jump back into that because it, it actually kind of goes from what you just mentioned, which, uh, which is the USSDA Academy, which no longer exists. Um, however, Looks, it sounds like you will still be kind of, a, a, you know, I guess scouting and looking at the qualities of a player as if they were going to go into a U.S. soccer national team player pool, right? Correct. So scouting Correct. the recommendations from uh, directors of local clubs, is what you mentioned, would be first. Uh, obviously, there's going to be the technical staff, which would be going into and looking at uh, trainings and games. Um, and then 
Uh, will you also be hosting camps? Uh, not as of today, we won't be. Um, that's not to say that won't happen in the future. Yeah. Um, but, you know, right now we're just doing the combines through recommendations and through, you know, personal evaluations from myself and the staff. Um, you know, when we do receive, uh, you know, inquiries, I guess, you know, like I'm watching a ton of videos from players in the county that want to get involved, um, you know, so that really helps if they have video, uh, you know, so the, you know, there's a, there's a solid influx of, of people that are interested. Uh, I will say that, and this is a, an important thing is like, it's going to be a very fluid group. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, like I think they do it three times a year, you can adjust your roster in the USL. So um, it's not to say that, you know, what the group is on March one is going to be what the group is in October, you know, so it's going to be fluid. It's going to change and morph as this process, you know, opens up, you know, because in a couple months, hopefully we'll be able to actually go out to games and, and watch competitions and actually recruit in a traditional manner. Awesome. And just to awesome. kind of go over how that's going to work, because you guys are starting this in 2021. Am I right? I mean, that's the goal. That's the plan. Yeah, we're 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 planning on starting training in uh, early March. It's supposed to be basically run concurrently with the USL season. Awesome. So yeah, to kind of uh, seal this up in a nice little bow. Uh, so the structure again, we just went over. Uh, it's going to be once a week, right? Training once Correct. a week. It's going to run parallel with San Diego Loyal season, eight to ten total games. All right. So that's something that we can look forward to. Uh, is there going to be, obviously we don't know about uh, anybody being able to attend these games, but are you guys going to have any sort of uh, access to be able to view them if we cannot come go and check those out? Is that going to be something that is even a possibility? I know that it's one of these things with youth that I've come to learn is that, you know, obviously you're trying to develop. It's not so much that the scores matter. You're, that's not ever posted on like the, uh, you know, whenever their the social media is uh promoting their there, there, there's a, a, a like a mls team that has a lower uh, academy team they don't really post scores because that's not what this matters so i understand kind of that perspective but will we as supporters after all this is the locals podcast will we have some sort of way to keep up with those games yeah i mean i i think you know i i i don't know that answer exactly to be honest but um, I'm, I'm guessing that there will certainly be access to it. I know I've talked to the front office about, you know, kind of engaging in our own social media platform, um, you know, and, and obviously be connected, but also like have our own kind of entity, uh, you know. So I, I think that this is going to be a quite a popular thing. And I think as demand, you know, pushes, uh, I think, you know, we'll figure out ways to to satisfy that demand. We'll have to start a local select as well. Different no. games. And <laughs> there you go. Diego. Diego's going to be the president. <laughs> and, and just to mention, cause we, we haven't talked about it. Um, and it's, it's one of the things that are, I'm, I'm seeing a lot is that the, the age range for, for the team is predominantly Oh threes, to 06s, which are basically high school age kids. Um, and then I just want to mention that because I'm getting a lot of emails from 
you know, parents from 08s or 09s, um, you know, and, and the more people that know the, those specifics, the, the better. So um, it'll be a group of a couple of threes, which are seniors, a couple of sixes, which are freshmen, uh, and then predominantly uh, juniors and, and sophomores. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, it'll be a real awesome mix. I think we're all excited to see who comes out, who, who makes up, you know, kind of the, the initial grouping as well as, you know, where, where, where the ties start, because I think for a lot of us, it's, you know, is it my neighborhood, you know, that this kid come from, for me in particular, watching Barry play on the first team, I'm sure being a USD alum and then, uh, yeah. you know, kind of having that, that happen. It's really cool to see when that, that all kind of comes all the way through and being somebody's from that part of San Diego is, is special to me uh, to kind of have somebody who grew up kind of in a similar part, you know, take place and on our first team, uh, which was pretty neat. And so speaking about the first team and kind of moving in that direction a little bit, um, you know, what, what was it this year, I think, uh, in the 2020 year, kind of looking back at the last season and then moving forward, what did you take with you from your first, I guess, was this your first uh, pro season coaching? Oh, wow. So how, how would you say you learned kind of from the college game and, and what you're doing with your uh, club in Vista? How did the USL kind of initial season, Landon said he learned about five years in one year. Nate kind of attributed that a little <laughs> bit, uh, I guess, I think earlier this week. For you, what do you think? From yeah. drinking from the fire hose, and kind of what was your biggest, I guess, takeaways in terms of? Oh man, that's that's a big question. Uh, yeah. So you know, train training keepers, you know, because you know, San Jose State was a pretty pretty high level. So you know, training keepers, I wouldn't I wouldn't say is that much different, to be honest. Um, there, there's there's certainly differences because the college game is like twice a week and it's just intense and crazy. Um, so the, the cycles are a little bit better in the pro game. Um, and, and you can periodize things way better. Um, so the, the training aspect is not necessarily different. It's, it's just really the difference of, of dealing with, you know, 19 year olds and, and grown men, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just a different management dynamic. Um, his tactics aren't that much different. You know, like, but, but the, the whole, the whole structure is different when you're talking about, you know, working with grown men whose livelihood depends on our success. Um, so it's, it's a different dynamic. And, and I learned a ton from, from the staff involved, you know, and on what it is like the details and the, the dynamic of just running a, a professional organization. Um, like it was a really like, beautiful year for me as far as just my own personal development. Uh, you know, but one, I think, I think the thing that sticks out for me the most, and, and this might not make any sense to you guys, but, um, and, and I won't mention any names, but, um, you know, like I'm used to 19 year old kids and, and, and they're, you know, what's their main drive in life is like, Oh, I need to, you know, go to college and, and find a girl, whatever they want to do. Right. Um, this year, I'm, I'm, I'm during the, the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, I'm having a conversation with one of our players. And, you know, there was this huge thing on the USL front of like kneeling before the game. And, you know, um, you know, so like I'm having this in-depth conversation with a grown man about why he doesn't feel appropriate or why he feels it's not appropriate for him to, to kneel during the national anthem. And it was like it was like a real conversation. And I'm like 
yeah, this is not like talking to a 19 year old kid, you know? Yeah. So like, you know, just, just dealing with a different clientele and, and how their brains are and, and what motivates them and how to manage that personality is just way different than college. Yeah. Cause it, you're, yeah, not, it, you're, not, you're not like trying to develop a like kid goalkeepers, right? You're like trying to hone grown men's craft, right? Like it's a different story. So like on that, like, what was it like kind of getting Kemp in and then, like we all saw him, he was one of, if not the best keeper in the USL championship. Like, what was it like coaching him? What was it like, you know, working with somebody who's at that level um, day in day? Yeah. You know? yeah, it was great. I mean, dude, are you kidding me? Like, that's my job to go yeah. train yeah. the best keeper in the Western region. Great. Let's do that. Um, so it was really good, you know. Um, and, and you know, I, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, is, is this is, this is a, I mean, in, in every walk of life, right. You, you evolve, you know, if, if you want to evolve, I guess. And, and working with John was, was really great for me, not only because he was really good, obviously, and, and he performed through the roof. Um, but, you know, like you, you, you learn things from the players as well. You know what I mean? Um, so like, going through the process with the keepers we had this year and all of them were good. Um, you know, it was, it was a year for me to kind of like, I guess, test the waters and, and figure out like what it, what, what my role exactly is at this level. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they all helped me with it, you know, and, and now the, the, the dynamic is I can go into next year and be just way more confident with what I'm doing, be way more successful because I know what it takes now because of all those keepers on how we're going to be successful training keepers going into 2021. So, yeah. um, and John was a huge part of that. And like another kind of point that I think you brought up in the happy hour over the summer, but I think is totally worth asking again is like, how do you maintain, I mean, obviously, you know, at the beginning of the season, we didn't have Kemp in. So Fenlison started that first, you know, very first game, the infamous first match game that we were all out. USL goal of the year. Yeah. And then how, like, here comes John Kemp in this incredible, you know, MLS level goalkeeper on loan. Like, how do you, how do you kind of manage and maintain and like coach the person um, to like kind of keep Jake and, you know, ready at the ready? Because, right. you know, obviously keeping is so weird where, he could get uh, Kevin could have gotten injured and then all of a sudden, you know, Fenlison has to be at the ready. And we saw it, you know, we did see that this season. And so like, how do you kind of maintain and like manage the people, manage the person uh, to keep things, keep spirits high and not, not make it like a bickering kind of weird rivalry. Of course. Of course. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, that that's probably the biggest part, right. To be yeah. honest, um, you know, kicking, kicking balls is kicking balls, you know, like managing the personalities and making sure they're motivated and buying in is, is just so significant. Um, so, you know, I, there, there's, there's a lot of answers to that question. Um, but I just think as long as you're fair, um, to, to everyone involved, then, you know, I think it kind of takes care of itself. Uh, you know, for me, I'm, I just, I always set a culture of, of these players supporting each other. Um, regardless of, of situation and dynamic, like at the end of the day, they all need each other, um, whether you're the one or the three. And, and, you know, like a lot of it, it just boils down to getting the right people. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like someone comes in and, and they're not the right person and they're upsetting the culture of, of my goalkeeper core. They're probably not going to be around that long, you know, because yeah. it's just, it's just not productive. Uh, so, you know, I, I think a lot of it's recruiting the right person. Uh, but I also think it's about just being fair, setting 
setting expectations. Uh, you know, and, and, and I think the biggest thing for us this year with, with why the culture was so good on the goalkeeper core is that people got chances. You know what I mean? At, at the end of the day, like everyone got their chance yeah. to, to do it, you know? So when they trained well and, and they, we had a moment, then they had an opportunity and, and not a lot of clubs do that. Like not a lot of clubs give opportunities to a number two or number three goalkeeper. And, and we did this year. I remember one of the one of the matches um, Austin Guerrero started and it kind of seemed like it came out of nowhere. But then, you know, thinking about it, I think hearing interviews and stuff like that, it's just like he was training well and it was time to give him a start, you know, and it's like, yeah. well, that's really rad. You know, you see Liverpool, they play Allison every single game. You know what I mean, like this, it's pretty rad to see the rotation and especially the local kid Austin, but like that was that was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good follow up to my question, which is actually a two parter. Um you don't have to think about this for too long. Uh, first of all, uh, why, why is Austin Guerrero such a heartthrob? And second part, uh, who is our keeper for 2021? Ready, set, go. Um, yeah, Austin Guerrero, dude, I love the kid. Um, I'm going to – there's there's no way I can answer either of those questions without getting in trouble. Um, so I'm going to just say, you know, I, I love Austin Guerrero. He's totally, totally fantastic to train. Um, who the number one will be is going to be who trains the best. And that's just all I can say at this point. Okay, so as a, as far as we know, it's it's Austin Girl because that's the only name that we know that could possibly be even coming back. Uh, so uh, anything at all that you can actually give us. Because there's, I'm sure you've seen it. I don't know if anybody has told you this, but that is the talk of the town right now. We need any sort of information. We feel like, dang, our back line is amazing. Now, who's going to be back there? (laughs) I I didn't know you guys were going to be headhunting and trying to get me sacked. Um, Never. Yeah, I, I am very low on the totem pole. And it is certainly not my liberty to uh, discuss who we've signed. So right. if you want to get someone higher in the structure on your next podcast, they might be able to tell you who we've ar- already signed we for goalkeeping. Find out right now, or? but we but we we have already come to deals with two other keepers. So okay, okay, cool. That's okay. see, that's something. That's, that's something. <laughs> that is something. That at least there tells us that we have keepers coming. That's, that's all we needed, right. really. Hang on, hang yeah. off of. We're we're slipping here. Yeah, I will well, say there yeah. How many trolls in this in our online community for loyal and beautiful <laughs> community with people? But there is some definite trolling going on about the, the keeper situations. So they just want names. So what will the good name look like? I'm, I'm giving I'm giving no names, zero names. Same kid. Oh God, that's way above my pay grade. Um, <laughs> yeah, no idea. <laughs> Pressure cooker phase of the interview. Is one of the goalkeepers' first name Tony, and why is it not Tony from Two Balls and a Mic podcast? <laughs> Do you know who I'm talking about? I, no, I don't. <laughs> I, know, I know the podcast, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know the goalie per se. He's been. He's so Tony so, from the podcast. Fancies himself a keeper. Yeah, uh, yeah. and it is a legitimately good rec league keeper. But yeah, he he would fancy himself uh, in your open tryout uh, if you well. Like. Tony from Two Balls and a Mic, come down to Chula Vista, dude. I'll I'll give you a good little run. Oh, right. there, there you, you go. go, Tony. You're welcome, Tony. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So I think it's time we jump into some questions from Twitter to close this off. Uh, some yeah. of our listeners, I kind of threw it really quickly up there. Uh, I didn't want to give people too much of a chance to ask Matt any questions because I already knew what was coming. 
And I already asked that question. So, uh, <laughs> we got STU team at Hall. Have you ever gotten that in your life? The, uh, what? the STU editor of opinions oh, is yeah. Matt Hall. Matthew Hall. No, but the, the, uh, the Carl's, the mayor of Carlsbad is also Matt Hall. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah. Matt Hall's all over, you know, over the counter. Yeah. There you go. It's a blessing. All right, Jerry, go ahead. Oh, you want me to go first? Okay. I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Darren Smith. Who's that? I don't know that. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Darren Smith from the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. He asks, "How involved were you in SDSU's recruitment of Matthew Hop? Hoppy, Hoppy, yes. Matthew for those Hobby. of you, for those of you that don't know who that is, he is from uh, your so, Linda. He plays for so Shelby. Matthew Hoppy has uh, scored five goals in the Bundesliga in the last three games. Yeah. Uh, before going to Germany, he was committed to San Diego State." And uh, I was so at that point in my career, I was not the director of recruiting. Um, a young man named Josh Hill was the director of recruiting, and he he laid the groundwork and did most of the hard work for that. Um, but I, I, you know, I do know Matt, and you know, I was a part of the process, but I was I was not the main driving force between behind Matt Hoppy going to potentially going to San Diego State. Yeah, it's crazy. Seeing crazy. It was like kind of like a. You know, not a nobody, but he was, you know, oh, he's going to go, oh my gosh, and then it's a hat trick, and then another goal, and then another goal. It's like, wow, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's amazing, dude. It's, it's, you know, he's a really good kid. He's a great kid, works hard, deserves what he gets. But I mean, in reality, like, if you look at, and, and you don't need to, but if, if you look at like his U.S. Academy like statistics, I mean that kid scored twenty goals a year for at every team he played for. Like the yeah. kid just scores goals. It's a natural goal scorer. That the no score. Yeah. yeah. Steve, go for it. That's the next one, man. Um, what was the next question I had lined up? Um, no, not from Twitter. You don't have any more questions. You're done with questions. I don't know. Twitter I was question. Say that it's, an, it's a year of American surprises in the Bundesliga. So if you're not watching Bundesliga and you're American and you care about Americans, you, oh. you need to get in there. You got uh, Coach Matarazzo in, uh, in Stuttgart. It's my team in uh, Bundesliga who I nice. so play. It's been fun to watch. Yeah, not not only Hoppy, but watch uh, Matarazzo and, and yeah, uh, Radio, obviously with Dortmund. It's been, it's been an amazing year for Americans in Bundesliga. So if you're not tuning in, yeah. you have to, Steve, go ahead. Um, so one of the questions from Twitter was Tom Phillips, um, our actual, actual our director of philanthropy, was um, nice. Matt Hall want to know about Matt. What does Matt Hall want us to know about Matt Hall? Oh. What do you know? What's your deep dark secrets? Oh man, um, dude. To be honest, I'm I'm a pretty open book. So um, if if you want to know who I am, just just go to the go to the loyal uh, social media. Uh, just get to that mic'd up session when I was training the goalkeepers and you'll know exactly who I am. That's, that's, <laughs> me, that's me in a nutshell. There you go. Drew, you want to take another one? one? You want to take the next one? Yeah, it's, uh, I'll fire away. Um, I'll say, uh, have this is from uh, Steve in Vista. Uh, he asked, have you ever drank Black Tuesday solo? <laughs> this is a pertinent question as I start my words. So first of all, Steve, you live in a wonderful city. Okay, to yeah. find people, find people that live, live there. But no, I have not. Um, I would love to, <laughs> to do that. And if you guys ever want to invite me over to wherever it is you hang out, I'll be glad to come, come engage. Post COVID, and then yeah, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, of course. You live close. Well, you know, I, I got a couple bottles, so oh, I actually live in Rancho Bernardo, so I, uh, I hang out with the retired people. 
He looks uh, closer to me then. There you go. <laughs> nice. True. But Steve has a better backyard. I don't have a backyard. So there you go. I do have the space. All That's right. why you live in Vista. Yep. <laughs> I love it. All right. Here we go. We're going to end it with this one. Um, and I think maybe you want to take it from uh, nah, uh, whatever perspective you want to take it. But uh, So we were asked at some point who we believed was our rival. Uh, I think we all kind of have this similar opinions which is that it's too early in the in the history of this club to have a rival we would prefer it to happen naturally nate miller was asked and he answered phoenix all right so nate miller uh, believes phoenix is our rival already and i think this happened actually on the unnamed soccer podcast um and we're gonna ask you the same question do you do you believe that this club has a rival and who would that be uh, i do believe we have a rival um I also think we may end up with other rivals, to be honest, because, I mean, we lived in such a, like, small nutshell this year, and I don't think we actually got the breadth of competition that you would have to, to like, really develop. But if I was to say right now, it would certainly be Phoenix. Um, you know, I, I just think that, uh, you know, a lot happened between our organizations, and I think that going forward – that's going to be a, a game that everyone circles on the schedule. Yeah. And, yeah. I, think, and I think especially because they were like, you know, widely known as the cream of the crop, you know, they, their record last year, 2019, they, you know, won those like 20 games in a row. And then they came into the season with extremely high aspirations and playing super well. And then, you know, we, we took it to them in that game in yeah. Phoenix. And then obviously the, the game here, you know, circumstances, but the point is, um, you know, they they had their they had their arrogance behind them and we went in there and kicked their ass and that was a huge part of um to me that was like the turning you know one of the turning points of the season was one of yeah the what a what a half of soccer that was yeah um but i i uh, i'm not going to give them any like little like media snippets for them to like you know <laughs> use against us so i'm just going to say like no i'm looking listens. forward to playing phoenix next year like, yeah. like, let's just let's leave it at that yeah maybe like yeah, our perspective you take, take that away yeah, like our perspective, why we think it's maybe too early. Yeah, I, I I would say that from a, from a San Diegans perspective, I think we all have harboring. We, as you know, we all have feelings for zonies, right? Who come to our beaches and 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 do their zony things. So there's that that aside, damn zonies. Um, and the fear people of Tucson as well, who I love. Um, but I will say Phoenix has a, a particular kind of uh, straw in our our craw uh, that that most San Diegans just don't enjoy mostly. <laughs> so I will say that it adds to it a little bit versus Orange County, we can find some similarities with and say we're yeah. similar people. So I think there is that kind of cultural divide with Phoenix a little bit. But I'll be curious to see how Roots kind of come into the league and and as we play them and, and their quality, um, what that looks like for sure. So they're, they're, as you said, we just haven't had the depth of competition. Reno was fun to play. Unfortunately, they're, they're not in the league yeah. this year. But you know, teams like that, that I think if we see more, more teams that obviously we have a hard game against and then can come back against, you'll see some of that. Um, you know, more friction, at least from the fans. I think we want to be there a little bit too to kind of juice the rivalry, if you will. So it's, yeah. it's been a bit of a, a talk between a few of us, but well, um, don't don't well, count out Gal don't count out Galaxy too. Yep, yeah, that's sure. what I was yeah, saying. I will say, yeah, it's 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 kind of always there for me. Is L.A. is is the big bugaboo for even LAFC, even people like Jerry who who are big fans and have been there. It's it's hard for me as a San Diegan who's always, you know, never rooted for an LA team or a team outside of San Diego besides Tottenham uh, and then Stuttgart, where my family's from uh, originally. But that's where for me, it's like, it's just really hard to pull the way that I pull for 
San Diego teams the way that I would pull at, for any other team. So so LA has always been that that kind of sticking point for me personally. Is there is there a market weirdly that just like hits you as like oh this team seems this way or was there a team in college maybe that was like kind of uh, got you guys with SDSU that was kind of a rival I guess there. You guys are trying to get me in trouble again. No, I love, I love totally everyone, do. man. All inhabitants of the earth, I love. Perfect. Good answer. That's right there. I love everybody unless they're coming at my goal. And then I'll throw it back out. Well, so it, throw it back at you. Sorry, it, it's, we're, we're pretty much out of time here with uh, Coach Matt Hall. So I wanted to kind of bring things back around. Steve, did you want to add something before I, I close it out? I was going to say uh, today it was actually just an officially and formally. Oh, I hate you. The schedule and the timing of it, of everything. So um, can you maybe give any insight on when team one or first team training and, you know, when things kind of pick up? Yeah. 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 Tentatively, uh, tentatively, right. we uh, are looking at starting uh, early March. You know, I think the either the first or second week of March, um, and it, it depends on the our first actual competition is when we start. But May first was approved. But it can, from what I've been told, it can be we can play two weeks either side of May first. Um, so depending on when we decide to have our first game, will be when we start camp. Yeah, Steve, I'm a little upset at you because you took the thunder. I was about to say a few <laughs> hours. We're a few hours separated from official announcement from USL Championship which has announced that the Board of Governors approved the flexible start date of May 1st. Uh, that is a uh, flexible because they say any time between April 24th and May 15th. Obviously, the practices need to begin before that, but we have kind of a better idea when the season itself is going to begin, which is fantastic. Uh, now, it, it, the teams will be split into four divisions, and it will contain a 32-game slate running across 27 weeks through the end of October with playoffs scheduled for November. So that's the information that we got. Obviously, they need to continue monitoring uh, what is COVID-19 and how that's going to affect everything. Um, but with that being said, I wanted to say thank you so much, sir, for spending time with us today. Uh, this was a blast. Hopefully, this will not be the last time we get to talk to you a little bit more once uh, you can actually tell us a little bit more about your uh, goalkeepers that you will be working with this season. And then also um, just to get to know you some more, man, because, you know, you're local. We, we, apparently now we owe you a Black Tuesday uh, and we're going to all be hanging out at, at Steve's house in Vista. Bring so <laughs> with that with that being said, and to kind of close this up, uh, now that we know whereabouts we're going to be starting, what can the locals look forward to from not just the team, but also from the coaching staff and from the goal, goalkeepers just in general? I mean, what can we look forward to in the second season of San Diego Loyal? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing, I mean, it's, it's beautiful how ambitious this club is. So, so you guys have seen the signings, right? Okay, so – we're bringing in some studs. Okay. So that, that in itself helps. Right. Um, so just in general, like it's going to be a really, really good pool of players. Um, but I, I, I think the biggest thing that's going to grow to be honest is it's such a modified short season that we had last year. It's, it's just really hard to just expand and, and really like hone in on your playing model 
and your culture, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just really hard when it's that compressed. Um, so, you know, I just think that we're all going to look forward to, you know, a, a, a better environment so that everyone can see like exactly what we're about, you know, on the field and off the field. So, um, you know, the, the normal, normal-ish season is going to give us opportunity to really expand what we're doing. So it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to be in the culture. Oh yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Drew, is there anything that you want to add before we go? I've had way too much black Tuesday. I'm I'm still (laughs) just sipped it once. Right. It's probably already. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's it's no joke to happen. And my brain is like, no, what did you do? I told you. No, you know, it's you know what the beauty of it is though it's because it's not carbonated i learned this from a friend that texted me um <laughs> steve from vista he says that it's not carbonated so you can actually just you know cap it off and drink it later it'll be fine it's still strong as hell by the way i could not drink the whole it's it was bad uh steve is there anything but you want to add before be, we go we'll, 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 we'll oh. uh, give it to each other here when when we can once we're all vaccinated here in a few months hopefully hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. that's my hope that's my hope. That's what thank I kind you. of open it on is, uh, you know, thank you for your time. I look forward to the season. Hopefully, um, you know, the, the season starts with a, in a time frame and with COVID, you know, on the decline, we can get even limited capacity in there. God, I can't wait to get back to Torero section 109. See you guys in person. Um, you know, that's the whole goal. That's why we started this. That's why we work so hard in this support our club, support our players, support you guys. So, um, I can't wait, and I'm I'm really hopeful. I'm I'm looking forward to it. So thank you for your time. I, this is this was really awesome. Yeah, man. You, hey, you guys are big time. It's a uh, very enjoyable hanging out with you guys. So let me yeah. know when you want to do it again. Likewise. Right. Yeah. No. Same. Second same. Steven said, I just can't wait to give you an advantage behind your goal as well. So that's that's really what <laughs> we want go. to do, right? Is we want to be the advantage, so you know, second half you're behind us, and you got love that. On. Yeah, that's that's our job, but. Yeah, no, it, this was a a fantastic, fantastic time. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you all that are listening to us for hanging out. Hopefully you enjoyed that. We'll talk to you guys very, very soon. Some exciting stuff coming up. Nothing but uh, but good news coming up, actually. We can only find out uh, nothing but good stuff when that is players and, and a goalkeeper, hopefully soon. Uh, no, we we tried, all right? Those listening. Uh, see, I tried. Uh, oh <laughs> we God, don't want to get him in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. What's that, Drew? Well, I was going to ask Matt real quick. I got an inside source from the club who just texted me and told me, uh, "How do you feel about tell us about yourself Tuesdays? How do how do you feel about that, Matt? About what? Tell us about yourself Tuesdays. How do you how do you oh, enjoy Jesus. tell us about yourself Tuesdays? Um, <laughs> I yeah yeah. Um, I I was the last person to present. I'm not going to lie. I'm 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 mildly <laughs> humble, but I I smashed that. Oh yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's an awesome, awesome thing. I don't want to ever do it again. Every Tuesday, uh, a player or a coach does like a probably 20 to 30 minute PowerPoint presentation on their life and who they are and things like that. Um, and then at the end of the, 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 the presentation they pick someone for the next week um it's a really cool like culturally it's awesome um i i did mine at the end of the year and uh the boys found out a lot about me and they they enjoyed it so it was good that's rad 
All right. That's awesome. All right. That's a good way to end it. <laughs> no. Uh, no, again, thank you so much for joining us, everybody listening. Uh, thank you to Coach Matt Hall for joining us. Uh, for Mr. Drew Stack, for Mr. Steve Brokoff, and for Coach Matt Hall, my name is Jerry Jimenez. See you guys later.